Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzercast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. What's up, Never Crackers? This is Zillennial Cannon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. And... and that intro came directly from our special guest right off the bat. Sarah Hall is back. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Um, and, you know, if Sarah Hall is on the pod, it's part of Spooktober, Spookytober yes. on Z Cannon. Um, so, I, wait, is that, is that what's called Spooktober? I think so. I think that's just, like, the general name for anything that, like, has to do with Halloween that, like, is in October. Well, every time we have a series, we change the name of the series. Um, so, I there's no continuity on no. that. But, um, you know, Halloween movies in October. That's yeah. the vibe. That, that is the vibe. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I can't think of a better movie to kind of transition away from Scream, which is, like, actual horror. And kind of back into zillennial horror, but Monster House. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is pretty, uh, pretty definitive. Um, Sarah, I, I definitely want to talk about like your memories and stuff with it. But Kira, I noticed on Letterboxd when you logged it today, you didn't re- log it as a rewatch. You logged it as a mm. first watch. Is that no? I've never seen this. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I have seen the trailer I don't even know how many times I don't remember like what DVD it was on but it was just like it was like the teaser one where it was just like the house like I can tell you probably honestly I've seen that so many times but um yeah it was just like the teaser where like the house just like eats like somebody I don't remember but um I was like terrified of it and I think I wasn't really terrified of it for like the horror of it but for some reason, when I was a kid, I was very, like, turned off by this, like, weird animation and, like, <laughs> like body jokes. Like, if there were, like, jokes about, like, puberty or something in it or about, like, pee, I was like, okay, this is, like, a movie that, like, the bad kids would watch. <laughs> the bad kids. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here watching, like, Veggie Tales, like. So the satanic kids watch Monster House. I will sit and watch Veggie Tales. I love when we do <laughs> these like blind watches for you, like these like blind spots of your uh, zillennial um, experience. Like I love. Yeah, that. and I love when I end up liking them. <laughs> yeah. So you liked it? It's nice. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was fun. It was really fun. Um. So Kira doesn't have any actual memories of this movie other than um being disturbed by the teaser trailer and associating with like double children. Um, but Sarah, I would love to hear your memories uh, with this movie. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I, this movie came out like just before I became like conscious in my memories. Like I, 
I don't remember anything before I was six and I was six when this came out. So one of my first memories, I remember I, it wasn't me watching this movie. It was my friend explaining it to me. And then (laughs) that prompted me to go watch it after that. So it's, I have a very long history with this movie. That's millennial canon is like having your friend tell you the entire fucking movie. Yeah. You're like, wow, I should probably watch that movie. And then you watch uh-huh. it, like, just knowing everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have... Uh, I remember when I saw it, um, I saw, like, a few weeks after it came out. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw it, like, on Halloween Day or, like, Halloween Weekend or something um, in theaters. Because I remember we went to, like, our local AMC, and there was, like, barely anybody in the theater. And it was just, like, me and my mom and, like, maybe one other family, I think. And I didn't really, like, have any expectations for it. I just think it was one of those movies my mom took me to just, like, do something for the weekend. And I, like, loved this movie when I first saw it. I thought it was, like, just the coolest, spookiest, weirdest movie. Like, even at a young age, I knew that it was, like, weird. And that just made me like it more. And, yeah, it was, like, one of those movies, like, those notorious movies that your mom like, knows that you like so much that she buys it for you at Walmart or Target or something. And I watch, like, I think for, like, the next two or three Halloweens. Um, yeah, it's just a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. I think even had it on PSP, uh, throwback to that. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I used to love this movie, and re-watching it the other day, um, I think it's my first watch in, like, 10, 15 years. Like, it was... Mm. It's been quite a minute since I last saw it. And, you know, to open it up, I think it holds up pretty well. Um, yeah. The animation? No. <laughs> no. Uh, but everything else, I think, holds up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate to say it. Like, I said it before the call that, that like, this looks like a PS2 game. Um, but, like, I hate saying it because, like, obviously, like, it's so interesting when, like okay, Zemeckis, like, Polar Express, whatever, he produced it. And this was also, like, the motion capture thing. Um, it's It sucks when, like, an animated movie is, like, really good and you're, like, this would be, like, better if it was live action. Because, like, they really, like, tried here and it's really cool that it's, like, like, new technology and stuff for the time. Um, but similar to what we said about Polar Express, it's, like, you try <laughs> well I, hey i'll say this though it, i don't think it's as like weirdly disturbing as polar express like polar <laughs> express, it doesn't like, go for realism yeah like yeah yeah i think that's the exact difference like polar express when you see like the fucking elves or something like the, at the end like <laughs> it's terrifying like you don't want to like speak to anybody for a week but then this happens and i think it actually to an extent adds to the charm a little bit like Yeah, like, it looks ugly, it looks gross, but I kind of like that. Um, And I'm not going to be, like, that guy who's, like, it's a choice. Like, it's it's deliberate. Um, But I kind of like when movies look ugly. And I like when, like, animated movies, that is. Like, I like when they're not afraid to have, like, ugly character designs and, like, just make people look really weird and off-putting. Like, I kind of dig that. And this movie goes for that like gothic small town vibe and i think it like really achieves that 
Yeah, I think the backgrounds look good too. Oh, I think good. that's Great. the big distinguishing thing the people look weird but like the backgrounds and the scenery anything that's not people i think looks great so it's a good yeah the design of the house is really cool definitely Mm -hmm. yeah like even all the like little details like how the rug is like its tongue Mm -hmm. and like the the two like top windows on the top floor are its eyes and like even the way the like the um, the concrete like can like is attached to like the, the roots of the grass and like all the branches and everything like it oh and also like the porch is its teeth like just mm. so many like interesting design choices that i'm like just immediately in this movie i was like oh yeah like this is why i love this movie because it's just so fascinating and specific um and even so like the actual like plot is so weirdly specific like it's not just a generic like haunted house plot like, it really dives into, like, having actual, like, lore behind it. And honestly, for, like, a mid-2000s movie, I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of feels like... When it first started, I was like, Amblin, like, what the fuck? But, like, it kind of feels like a Spielberg movie. Yeah. Like, the way that the kids act and, like, the whole, like babysitter dialogue and stuff and her being like okay like whatever like and like even like the way his bedroom looks the way that he's dressed like if this was live action I could imagine it being like a Spielberg like monster movie yeah yeah Yeah, that um all the babysitter shit is so Zelenial canon um (laughs) (laughs) what's the um one line when when the little girl comes over and she's like you want advice like when a when a, when a guy in a band comes through your drive-thru, give him a burger and not your number. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's so millennial canon. The line uh, delivery in this movie is amazing. All the voice actors did such a great job. I think Steve Buscemi and the actor that played Chowder, too. Yeah. Chowder is a legend. An absolute Yeah. Um, just an absolute menace on the basketball court. And <laughs> I... <laughs> I I love when a movie like this has such a like big like scope and lore, but it always like boils back down to like a starting plot. And the entire crux of the emotion in this movie is almost like just trick-or-treating in childhood. And like I don't know. I like I love how like childlike Chowder is in this movie and how he just absolutely never grows up at yeah. all. Like, he almost has no development in this movie. And it's also <laughs> kind of endearing how that's the case. Yeah, yeah. It's is nice. this kind of, like, is this a hot take? Um, This is basically just, like, a Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like, Halloween special. <laughs> it's, like, exactly the oh, same wow. thing as Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> You're right. Um, The only thing it's missing is Manny. Like, honestly, yeah. if you okay. animated Manny, the drawing, into this movie, he'd fit right in. Yeah. Like with all the other characters, like that's the stupid like <laughs> buck teeth Manny. Like <laughs> wait, Kira, the, yeah. kind of off topic, but that um on our Wimpy Kid episode a few weeks ago, we talked about like the new animated Disney Plus Wimpy Kid. Mm-hmm. Um and we talked about how we wanna see like a we wanna see that Manny. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious if they're going for like the photorealistic like <laughs> like depictions of what they look like in the book. <laughs> 
What the it's fuck is so ugly? <laughs> it's just fucking fuck you, man. It's gonna be like the Sonic trailer release all over again. This <laughs> is gonna break the internet. Yeah, I'm gonna put in this my Twitter profile picture. I swear to God. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie needed like a baby. Like, a yeah. baby to just slow everything down. Not even, like, a baby, but just, like, a fucking stupid kid. Like, just an absolutely dumb kid. Just I mean, a little girl on the tricycle, but she kind of, like, disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, like, I I want, like, a consistent, like, dumbass kid. Like, it just <laughs> fucks everything up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, um, Chowder is just low-key bad. But like as a like a twelve year old or something like he's just mentally bad I think. Um, so I think this movie checks a lot of zillennial boxes like from the get. Um, parents are going out of town. That's zillennial check. Um, they leave the babysitter like thirty dollars basically for pizza. Um, they get <laughs> scammed out of it. Uh, there's a crazy neighbor across the street. A crazy, uh, like, elderly neighbor. Elderly with a neighbor. weird name. With a weird uh, name. Yeah, Nebercracker <laughs> is... Horace Nebercracker is my favorite name in the whole world. Wait, that was, wasn't that your Twitter name for a bit? My, yeah, my t- I said it as my Twitter name for a little bit, and then I'm like, people might not know who I am. Like, my angels <laughs> are probably like, who is that? So now it's just my bio, and my bio is uh, the artist formerly known, formerly known as Horace Nebercracker. <laughs> well, I remember um, seeing that sometimes, and I'm like, what is that from? And now that you said it out loud, <laughs> oh, wait. Um, <laughs> oh, such a good name. That's a great, yeah, it's a great name. I'm going to name my kid Horace Nebercracker. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Horace Nebercracker. Yeah, that's a little check. Um, having a local uh, town hero who just games, like, he's just, like, a, mm-hmm. all he does is, like, chug Mountain Dew and, like, game at your the local arcade. Zillennial Cannon. Mm-hmm. And also, weirdly, and I don't like this, but it's true, uh, peeing in bottles is very Zillennial canon, I think. Uh, and, like, having it be, like, a joke in the movie, where it's like, <laughs> we haven't left the room for three days. And then it cuts, like, just, like, imagery of bottles of pee. Like, that's in a sure. lot of movies. I mean, I mean, if you, uh, if you say so. <laughs> that's in a lot of, like, Zillennial movies, where that, that's the, the joke. Just peeing in bottles. Yeah. I can name okay. 80. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is that a challenge? Yeah, I didn't say anything. I just said, All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this one hits a, like a lot of those, um, a lot of those notes. It kind of feels like it lives and dies on like blockbuster shelves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of like a gateway to horror for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely, like, a horror movie. Like, yeah. there's no doubt about that. And they just, like, don't have blood in it. So they're able to, like, market it to children. I feel like that's the main thing. Like, children are the main characters, and they just don't put blood in it. Yeah. I think this movie does, like, the really smart thing where it has, like... It doesn't, like, actually kill any characters, but, like, it makes you, as, like, a kid, think that they do. 
And it makes it, like, actually disturbing in the moment. Because, like, I remember when I first saw it. And they fucking, like, get the dog, the boyfriend. Uh, the, I think the cop gets mm-hmm. in there. Uh, like, I remember, like, watching as a kid. And I'm like, they're fucking dead, right? Like, they're... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, yeah, like, it, again, it doesn't actually kill anybody. But as a kid, when you're watching it, like, it's kind of... It is scary, like, watching it happen. Yeah. And um, I like the fact that the movie kind of trusts, like, its younger viewers to just kind of stick with it until, like, I don't know. Like, I, like it's definitely a movie that I had to, like, ease myself to watch as a kid, but I remember loving the spookiness of it. Yeah, people our age are so scared of Monster House. Like, I feel like that's their prevailing memory, even if they don't remember the plot of it. Like, yesterday, my roommate and I rewatched it, and our other roommate came out to talk to us, and she's like, what are you guys watching? And we were like, Monster House. And she's like, oh my god, that movie's so scary. Wait, so on your story <laughs> the other day, you posted, uh, when you were watching it, uh, that uh-huh. your TV was fucking up. And yeah. it was super small. Did you ever fix yeah. that? Or did so, you... <laughs> what that was, now that I look at that, it was kind of misleading. So, our we have a big TV in our living room, and it broke. Like, we can't get it to turn on again for whatever reason. But my, my roommate has a smaller TV, so we just put that in front of it. Oh. And watched it on there. But it definitely, it did look like it was a part of the TV, so. I That's literally what I thought it was. Like, it looked like it was just, like, the giant TV and just, like, a small little square yeah, yeah. TV. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, uh, I wouldn't know what to do if that was the issue. <laughs> <laughs> the um, way the filmmakers intended <laughs> just really small yeah um i feel like we bring this up a lot on the pod but i really wonder like how kids today would react to this movie mm-hmm. um like has your little sister watched it sarah she has yeah because she's she my she likes it yeah we always like we have a few movies that we put around uh every year around halloween time and that's one of them for sure gotta teach yeah. the young ones about it yeah, I mean, my sister's 17, so I don't, like, I don't know if that would really apply to her, because she's, like, growing up, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious to, like, have her watch it, because I'm pretty sure she never watched it when she was a kid. Like, she definitely stayed away from spooky stuff when she was younger. Um, yeah. Like, now that she's getting older, she, of course, is, like, leaning more into horror and stuff, uh, but I'm kind of curious, like, how it plays with, like, an actual child today that's, like... Right. Growing up with like Netflix and like, um, like I don't know, like all the Netflix shows for kids, like but... Friends and The Office. <laughs> no, but I mean like kids, kids. Like I know. Um, like we should really like, have stuff. We should have like a segment where we like interview like Gen Z. Be like, what are your thoughts on this? I tried to get my little brother to do it one time, but he got, like, embarrassed and just, like, would not answer my text when I was like, hey, can you come in and, like, can I ask you a question on, like, about Over the Hedge? And he was like, he just read my text and just did not answer it. <laughs> I think I could probably get my sister to do it. Um, if we find the right... We need some I kids could... to call in. I could I could get my sister to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll report back later, but... We need, like, test subjects, because we're always asking, do these movies hold up? But then we never get an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We need to actually do, like, experiments and, like, scientific research. See, this is why I should have had kids by now. And (laughs) we we could, like, just subject them to this, uh, to all this shit. (laughs) The the baby's first words are, like, Monster House was good. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, my, see what the next generation is saying? My daughter is like, Dad, can we please go see Hilltop Transylvania 4? I'm like, <laughs> no, honey, we have to watch Open Season tonight. And she's like, what about next week? It's like, no, babe, that's Shaggy Dog. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> you like instead of like lullabies like on like a little like thing in their room it's just like apple podcast millennial canon just like constantly <laughs> typing it whenever we open up our like red bubble store or whatever yeah. we should our tea public or whatever the fuck you were talking about yeah. um we should sell like, one like baby one these. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah, that's actually our best demographic is people that don't know what we're talking about mm. and don't have like the yeah. sense to turn us off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trap them in. Yeah. People that just don't know how to use a phone, so they just like leave it on, and our audio is just coming out of it. That's how we got sponsorships, literally. <laughs> um, I <laughs> the super yaki sell like onesies. That that might be an idea. They sell uh, kid sized T shirts and. Um, okay. They have a Sam Raimi one for kids. And I was like, can I have a child before this Friday when the Halloween collection drops? (laughs) No, literally. Like, every time I see, like, Super Yaki or, like, any kind of, like, cool children's outfit, I'm like, maybe I do want to be a dad. Maybe I do. (laughs) (laughs) Just force them to wear, like, movie merchandise. Like, when it comes to, like, actual parenting, I don't know. (laughs) But, like... (laughs) Showing the monster house or some shit, or making them wear like a Judy Greer shirt, like that would be pretty cool. <laughs> like first day of school, and like they're wearing the super yaki like Judy Greer shirt. <laughs> like the thirteen going on thirty one. <laughs> um, it's like oh, their teacher like is a millennial, and they're like oh that shirt, and they're like I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means. <laughs> um. Last Super Yaki plug before. We love you guys, but last one uh, before we move on. Last one before the ad break, and then the, that, ad break. The, the ad break is uh, the last one. Did you see the pic of Judy Greer and Jennifer Gardner wearing the Super Yaki shirt together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the coolest thing I've seen in forever. Literally. Um, so happy they, for them. Are they just buds? Like, aside from 13 going on 30? Like, if, Probably, if so, honestly. Just yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, enough super yaki, <laughs> uh, uh, and enough, uh, hypothetical children talk. Um, even though I feel yeah, like Adam, every- you're just like going through it. Yeah. I'm just, it's honestly turning 24 is like really doing it to me. I'm like, I need to talk about like my possible children and what I'm going to subject them to media wise. <laughs> like what would be. Sarah, like, what would be the first thing you showed a kid, like, um, like, movie-wise? Hmm, good question. I think there should be, like, one more step before Monster House. Definitely. (laughs) Well, like, and by the way, this is, like, not the first piece of media you ever showed them. Like, the first thing you showed them at the age of, like, six or seven, like, their first core memory that they're going to actually remember. Hereditary. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm going to go Ghost Ship. Um, The 2001 classic. Have you seen that movie, Sarah? I haven't, no. It's it's a terrible horror movie, but it has the absolute best death I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Uh, 
I, I guess I didn't spoil it since we're never going to watch it on the pod. Because <laughs> um, I, I know Kira would hate the movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what it is. There's like a big, like, um, it's like in the, it's like almost like Titanic era. And there's like a cruise ship and there's like a big party outside the cruise ship. And then like a wire like comes down and completely like decapitates like an entire party of like a hundred people. Oh my God. And, but like from the waist down. So like it decapitates them all from the waist uh-huh. and like a hundred bodies just like fall off a cruise ship. <laughs> and, um, and the rest of the movie is like a crew like investigating the ship after like it washes up. And there's a ghost, but that's the opening of the movie. And, <laughs> it, and I saw it when I was like eight, and it fucking oh disturbed me. Is it like rated PG thirteen or what's oh, the no, like? Oh no 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 no! That's R. It's hard. Okay okay. I didn't know if it was like like a R.L. Stein like haunting hour type thing where it's they try oh, to no. like. No, you see it. You like you see them like. Oh wow! It, it, it it's 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 gnarly. Um, honestly, if any of our listeners have seen Ghost Ship, because every time I reference it, no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a 2001 or two Warner Brothers horror movie. Because uh, I remember when the Warner Brothers logo comes out, it's like very like rusty and ghoulish, and it's super spooky. Um, I'm overhyping this. Have also produced that Ghost Ship. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I'm not recommending this movie it's awful it's a bad movie <laughs> but that one scene is the spookiest thing i've ever seen in my life um oh, enough of, enough ghost ship talk speaking <laughs> of poor memories and horror movies um i went to go see scream in a theater for the anniversary like because we covered scream four last week and then adam and i both saw scream in the theater and um the theater was like completely packed and every single person was like so excited to be there and there was legitimately like a group of like 12 year olds in the back that were just laughing hysterical at every single thing and like they were laughing so hard at specifically like David Arquette and Matthew Lillard like every single time they showed up (laughs) on screen they were just laughing hysterical and like I just like was having the time of my life just like hearing them yeah um and as we were leaving, I just heard the kids being like, that was so fun. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is a core memory for these kids. And then <laughs> as we were like walking out of the building, I saw like a young girl and her parents and she was like, that was so good. Thank you for bringing me. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, my audience didn't say shit the whole movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mine was super quiet. Um, except for, like, one lady who, um, like, had a very, like, quiet moment at the beginning. She mm-hmm. just went, like, where the fuck did I put my nachos? <laughs> Literally me. But there was, like, I was, like, giggling a lot during the movie. Just because, like, Matthew uh, Lillard is so fucking funny in it. But yeah, no one else was laughing. And I'm, like, you guys are boring. Like, this is... Yeah. It's like a sold out theater too. I'm like, we're the like, we're all here seeing Scream together, guys. Like, come on. Um. Oh yeah, I didn't even give my thoughts on the Scream trailer on the pod, even though I like. Uh, it's fucking amazing. I can't wait. Uh, after like four weeks of simping for the franchise, I can just say the Scream Five trailer lived up to the hype. Um, even though we reported it wrong on the pod, 
it did not play in theaters like we said it would. But yeah, I mean, I saw it before Halloween, so yeah, me too. Um, I got in front of the last duel as well, which was a choice, but yeah. (laughs) Um, anyways, Monster House. Um, (laughs) um, another thing that's Zillennial canon, I feel like, is having um, the only girl character in the movie be smarter than everybody else Mm -hmm. um, and have that be like her main personality trait in the movie. I think that's like fun and endearing. Yeah. It was a very Harry Potter dynamic. Yeah. It really was. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. I feel like whenever there's like a trio in a movie though, like this is generally the vibe that like they go for. I don't know why. But it's just, like, the one smart girl, the, like, goofier guy, and then, like, the, like, regular, normal, goofy guy. And then, like, they're, like, both in love with the girl. And they're, like, giving off, like, incel energy, but she, like, goes off with them. One of them, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I love when she's, like, you know, normally I don't hang out with boys like you, but I'm invested or something. She's not like other girls. She's really. The original girl boss. Yeah. She really is. Um, yeah, she, like, scams the babysitter out of money, like, immediately. That's, like, mm-hmm. a scene to her. Um, also, I'll say the boyfriend to the uh, babysitter <laughs> in this movie. Absolutely Boom. the most disgusting piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, he looks what like Steven you... Tyler. He just looks like Steven Tyler. He's, like, he doesn't even look like he's alive. Like, he looks dead. Like... <laughs> <laughs> What's his name again in the movie? He had like a funny bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was good. I, I and I honestly thought he died as a kid, like when he gets like eaten by the house. Mm-hmm. No, um, they had to have that post credit scene of him coming back. I wish that he just never showed up again. I think that would be really funny. Yeah, I mean, I think you could have got away with it because I don't think anyone would have like. What's that um one website where parents like review movies? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. they talk about like how appropriate it is for commonsense.com. Yeah, common sense media. Common sense media, that's it. Um, do you think anyone in common sense media would be like, uh, they it was a good movie, but they killed bones and they never had a post-credit scene to clear up if he survived or not? Um <laughs> like they never would have wrote that. They could have got away with it. I mean, he was also like not a good guy so like maybe they could have gotten away with it yeah he was like a dick like an actual dick um uh, it was funny though like that the babysitter was like you don't respect women <laughs> yeah um we have a lot of movies lately that are talking about like respecting women uh like early 2000s movies like wimpy kid talked about it um Notoriously, what's the mom's name in Wimpy Kid again? It's something Halfley. Susan. Susan Halfley. Yeah. Susan Halfley, OG girl boss feminist. Um, queen. Yeah, absolute queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you want to talk about funny designs in that book? Her like design is super funny. Like yeah. she has she has egg glasses. Like they're just eggs. <laughs> I wonder if they're gonna do Shel Silverstein in the series. Chelsea. Oh my god, that's the funniest thing. <laughs> That'd be so funny if they did. I'm gonna tune in like day one to that fucking show just to like 
Um, they showed I'm a picture looking... of the cheese touch the other day. Because um, they released a bunch of new images from him. Yeah. I'm looking at the Common Sense Media um, page for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a section called Things to Talk to Your Kids About. Um, and it's families can talk about what the kids could have done differently in the movie. When the adults in their lives brush off their concerns about the house, is it okay for them to figure out a solution on their own that puts them in danger? And where were the adults anyway? What should they have done differently to help the kids through this situation? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm obsessed with this website. Like, I knew that it existed, but for oh, some it... reason, I never, like, dove into it. Positive role models, not present. <laughs> That's my favorite genre movie. Positive. <laughs> In their investigation, the kids steal, operate heavy machinery, break and enter, even use sticks of dynamite. The adults are unreliable and absent in their lives. The babysitter is mean, self-absorbed, and doesn't care about the kids. She allows her boyfriend in the house at night. He gropes her and is generally disrespectful. The kids display crude humor <laughs> relating to bodily functions, and they pee in bottles to avoid leaving the room all night. The last sentence of this... A dad refuses to say I love you to his son. <laughs> By the way, that, like, made me laugh so fucking hard in the movie. And I, it wasn't even, like, that funny, but, like, for some reason, where the mom's like, say you love him, say bye. He's like, I, I fucking say it enough. Like, I <laughs> I told him I loved him yesterday. Um, honestly, that dad, what a king. <laughs> what an absolute king. There's a consumerism warning on... Like, that's one of that's the... That's usually my favorite part of that website. <clears throat> yeah. This only has one dot, and it says, very few pop culture references, which is refreshing. <laughs> Capitalists, um, you lost this one. <laughs> um, did Charles Foster Kane write this? Because remember what he uh, talked about when he talked about the homage in cinema? It's like the reference in the homage is like the devil of cinema. So maybe... Um, Foster Kane is uh, behind Common Sense Media. Are you referencing Mank? I'm referencing what's his Citizen name? Kane. I can't remember. I can't remember Orson Welles. I can't remember the actor's <laughs> name, even though I'm literally him. Apparently, Takira. <laughs> Listen. Also, these kids like steal drugs. They steal cough medicine, which yeah. is like, legally a drug. Like, damn. Honestly, that's pretty epic of them. Yeah. I um also the the guy at the um at the diner that's playing the game, um, which I find it so funny that like they worship to this guy who is just like just literally like a gamer bro. Mm -hmm. And they literally only worship to him because he has the highest score on the arcade game. Um, but he's voiced by John Heder, uh, Napoleon Dynamite himself, uh, which I didn't like. I recognized the voice right away, but I had to like double check that it was actually him. And yeah. that that's, but then again, that checks out because it's the same, no, not the same year, like two years later, I think, um, after that movie. <laughs> by the way, you want to talk about Zillennial Kings that like just dropped off? Like, where did he go? <laughs> like yeah i was thinking that when i was reading the wikipedia page like i like saw his name on it and i completely forgot about him and yeah, yeah he's just kind of 
he just kind of dropped off. It feels like after the year, like, 2007, like, he just completely went off the map. And it's weird to me because he's, like, it's not just, like, Napoleon Dynamite was, like, a one-hit film. Like, I thought every time he was in a movie, I was like, he's, like, legitimately funny and, like, has a dynamic comedic range. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I'm showing, like, my actual taste here. But the movie The Benchwarmers, which is not, like, a great movie, but I think it's, like, super funny. Have either of you seen that movie? The Benchwarmers? No. It's like, it's like an ad, it's a happy Madison joint without Adam Sandler. Um, where like these, these team of like idiots, they form like a baseball team, um, to like basically like claim the local baseball field from bullies. And he played, he basically plays Napoleon Dynamite playing baseball in the movie. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really funny. And maybe we can cover that on the pod one day. Um, but also, Kevin James is the cop, I think. Yeah, Kevin James and Chris Rock. Oh, that's Chris. I, I didn't even know that till right now. I had <laughs> Chris Rock. Wow. Oh, sorry. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Okay, right. Because I was, was going to say, I'm like, that does not sound like Chris. Yeah, like, really? <laughs> I know. I was like, wait. Because even, um, because I was going to say, like, Chris Rock, like, when he does a voice acting, like, you can tell it's Chris Rock. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah Nick oh. Cannon. I thought it was. Before I watched it with my roommate, I remember we remembered it as not Kevin James and Nick Cannon, but like Chris Rock and oh, Chris Rock and Seth Rogen. But we were wrong for both of them. <laughs> Honestly, like Seth Rogen did like a lot of uh, 2000s voice acting. Yeah. So that would have checked out. Um, like, I think my first introduction to Seth Rogen was like Monsters vs. Aliens, probably. <laughs> Um, just his like st- his stupid performance as uh, the blob in that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that might have been the first time I ever heard Seth Rogen laugh in my life. It's from that little blue goo. I feel like Monsters vs. Aliens is like the first movie that I would remember considering like Gen Z. Like I feel like that's the first time that I saw like a movie aimed towards kids that I was like, oh, this is not for me anymore. <laughs> Um, I remember the first time I felt that, like literally felt that, was when I got taken to see um, what's it called, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yeah. And I was sitting in like a packed auditorium, and I was like hating every waking second of that when I was like twelve or eleven. And like when it was over, I was like, I had like the first conscious memory of like I should not have seen that movie. I was too old for that movie. <laughs> I like that movie was beneath me. I think those two were marketed towards me because I used to watch Monsters Brazilian all the time, and I did. I was never a Beverly Hills Chihuahua fan, but I remember it being a thing. That's such a funny sentence. <laughs> a funny sentence. I was never a Beverly Hills Chihuahua fan. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I I mean, I liked Monsters vs. Aliens, but, like, when I saw it in a theater, I was, like, with my little brother, and I was like, okay, he's having a better time than I am. I'm going to pass the baton onto him of, like, being the target audience for, like, DreamWorks movie. Yeah, that's symbolic. 2009, that makes sense. Yeah. That was the first um, IMAX 3D movie I ever saw. Mm. Um, Because I remember when... Avatar was coming out later that year and I like I saw it like being advertised for IMAX 3D 
I was like, oh shit, we saw Monsters vs. Aliens in that theater. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, I feel like Monster was Monster House one of the first real D 3D movies? Or was that... I think that might have been more before real D 3D. It time. was... Um, I had the note, actually, about it. Um, it was... It was released in 3D. It was released in like regular 3D and also real D 3D because the real D was new. Right. Um, and it was like fully digital. And the um, it was apparently like great in 3D because the way that it was like animated was like specifically meant to be 3D. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I mean, like, it makes sense in my brain, but it's, like, because it was, like, motion capture and, like, the actual animated thing was, like, already 3D. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that checks out. Because I was thinking, like, if this movie came out, because, like, even if it was released in 3D, 2006 wasn't a year where they, like, really marketed real D3D. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But if this came out, like, three or four years later, you know that shit would have been, like, on every TV spot like, a shot of, like, the house, like, coming out of the screen or something. And then, mm-hmm. like, the the commercial voice actor would be, like, seed in real D3D uh, to, like, go inside the house or some shit like that. Um, like, this would have been a prime, <laughs> like, Nickelodeon TV spot. Yeah. Or 3D. Um, Sarah, do you remember what your first real D3D movie was? I don't. See, I wish this- I could. This is this is text. Like this is like this is very <laughs> important stuff because uh, what was the movie we were talking about? Like what episode were we talking about this on Kira? When we had the oh, whole Oh, I don't remember, but my first one was uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth with um Dwayne the Rock Johnson and jo- Oh no, Brendan Fraser. Dwayne was in the second, the second one. one. It was Brendan Fraser and um Josh Hutcherson. What a weird franchise. Right? <laughs> Do you remember the second one ended with um, Michael Caine saying, all right, we went to the center of the earth. We went to the lost continent. Now we're going to go to the fucking moon. And then it just ends. And they never made the third movie. I don't think I ever saw the second one. Um, I did. I saw it at a screening in 3D. And <laughs> I remember The Rock uh, does that thing. He he thinks it's so funny when he like moves his man boobs um, <laughs> and dances with him. That is millennial canon. Joss Hutcherson like throws a berry at it and then like it pops out of the screen in 3D. And, and I remember like these six year olds behind me thought it was like literally the, the height of comedy. And I wanted to kill myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think on that episode I said that. Uh, I think A Christmas Carol was my first 3D, real D 3D movie. Yeah. No, wait, it was the Toy Story, uh, uh, the double feature, when they re-released the first two movies. Oh, yeah, I remember when they did that. Yeah. Actually, I think mine might have been Spy Kids 3D. I didn't see it in theaters because it came out in 2003, but I definitely Mm -hmm. had it on DVD with the 3D glasses that came on the inside. Yeah, those those 3D glasses were iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys have the same memory of owning that movie, but like 
when you first got the 3D glasses, it was, like, the coolest thing ever. But then, like, the wear and tear on them were, like, awful. Yeah. So, like, after third and fourth viewing, the glasses were just completely fucked up. And you could even, like, focus on the movie. Um, I had um, I had the Shark Boy and Lava Girl ones. So we had, like, silver ones and, like, pink ones. And you could choose if you wanted the Shark Boy yeah, or Lava Girl. I remember those. Yeah. God. The day that we do a Shark Boy and Lava Girl up is going to be... <laughs> I'm so excited to cover Shark Boy and Lava Girl one day. We're going to have to, like... Memorize the uh, Mr. Electric sentence. Principal's, the principal's officer him expelled. Have him expelled. <laughs> Honestly, where's that kid's Oscar? Like literally. literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a that'll be a trip when we do that. Um, because I have like distinct theater memories from that. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey, friends. Do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, um, the Millennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that. Yeah, I also remember to sweatshirts when I saw the brave theaters, members of the movies by yourself. My mom club. like actually they even liked have it. pins of some like, of your on the pod, directors, uh, like I Sophia Coppola about, like, and Jordan Dragging Peele. my mom to movies. Superyaki joyously and brings like, tangible love letters to movies like, and filmmakers that you and, can wear with Like pride. especially as a kid. Plus the team of Superyaki. Like, I remember taking her to Shark Boy and Girl. Eco-friendly, 100% water-based and shifts with compostable polymers for an environmentally alternative shopping. Like on the card right a special now. gift to you. But I remember with this one, she was like, that was actually cute. Listeners can save 10% I, I think she said something like, like, it was ugly, but it was cute. In all <laughs> yeah. spaces at checkout. Um, if the spirit moves you, find them at superiaki.com. Thank you so much, Superiaki, for sponsoring like the most nothing smooch ever. And then you're like willing to die. Like right after that. It's like the... um. Uh, Sean Kingston meme where it's like wow she's so beautiful I'm gonna kill myself um, yeah. <laughs> like he gets like a small smooch from a girl and then he like fucking jumps off the bridge basically yeah. uh, which I think is like the funniest thing ever um, so this movie was nominated for best animated feature which mm-hmm. is fascinating to me um and it lost to Happy Feet. Um, let me see what else was up that year. Oh, it was up against Cars. <laughs> it was literally just Happy Feet, Cars, and Monster House. <laughs> it, it literally said Flushed Away does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They were like, open season, we don't know her. Uh, over the Hedge? Nah. Uh, what else came out? Oh, Anfoli was that year, I think. Um, damn, they just said like no heart emoji to all those movies. Like, <laughs> what a year! Yeah, um, 
God. Damn, I'm so glad that Cars didn't win. <laughs> I, how epic would that have been, though? Like, they would have, like, driven, or, like, they would have had, like, an animated, like, CGI Lightning McQueen, like, accept the award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this goes out to all my friends in Radiator Springs. <laughs> just, like, Lightning <laughs> McQueen Racing Academy. Okay, I, I, think the, I, I think the worst thing, this is just sidetrack, I think the worst thing that the Academy has ever done was that Frozen beat The Wind Rises for Best Animated Feature. Um, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll one-up you. The worst thing they ever did, animated-wise, was not even nominate the Lego movie in 2014. True. Yeah, like, true. That was a disgrace, because that movie is an actual 10 out of 10. And yeah. They what did they give it to that year? Big, Big Hero Six was good, but no, it was great. But like, not even nominated. Like, <laughs> he gave it to like fucking Mr. Peabody and Sherman or some shit. Like, come on, bro. That just reminded me. I my mom and my sister went to go see Big Hero Six in theaters when it came out, and they loved it so much that they called me after it was done. And my mom was like, "That was the best movie ever," and I was like, "Better than The Godfather?" And she said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, she might have gone to something. Yeah, she has there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get her on the pod. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that um, God, maybe the academy. It's not good. <laughs> have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Take that, liberal. Checkmate, liberal. <laughs> um, honestly, the future that liberals want is like the third act of this movie where, like, houses are just demolished. And, uh, <laughs> like, this is what uh, conservatives think socialism is. It's just, like, handing out tricycles and, like, shit to, like, mm. kids. <laughs> um, also, I like how... Uh, here am I bonk me for saying this. What? <laughs> this is just, like, the first movie of the genre, like, me and my bitch wife. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Nebercracker's wife is like just a house, but like she True. is like the OG bitch wife <laughs> in the sense that she just like eats people. <laughs> and I like, okay, so like that entire um, backstory is so specific and bizarre because like that's the one part of this movie I did not remember on rewatch. I was like, I know there's like something controlling it but I, was like, I can't remember like what it exactly is so when the flashback mm. happens and as soon as it like showed her in a she's like in a fucking cage or some shit at a circus mm-hmm. and yeah. i'm like what year like they can just like hold people captive. <laughs> like what are you talking about like it's not like she's a monster like she's an actual she's a human being uh so there's like keeping her prisoner in a circus and Nebercracker, who is probably like a solid 5'2". Um, short king and his tall abs- queen. Absolute short <laughs> king. Um, uh, like, literally like one-third of her size. Like, it's, it's insane. And he's just kind of like, I love you. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to break you out of here. And we're, I'm going to build you a house. Um, yeah, honestly, what a king. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know um, a better man. He Nebercracker is the original, like me and my girl don't fight. She just tell me shut up and I do. 
wife. I like how, like, he gets her to the house, and they're married for, like, a day, and then she fucking dies. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I have the timeline wrong, but... That's what, That's what it seems like. Yeah, it was. I wish they would have fleshed <laughs> it out a little bit more, because it's very like it's only like one or two scenes, and that's about it. I kind of wish they would have added more to that. It's so fucking. Fu- I mean, I know like the. I don't know if the death is supposed to be funny, but I'm sorry. It was <laughs> like <laughs> so. Like okay, it was so weird. So like there's these trick or treaters um, that come up. To a house. Like, and this house is in the middle of nowhere. It's not like they're building it on yeah. an actual street. They're like literally building it in like an old western town where there's literally nothing surrounding them. Mm-hmm. And these kids are trick-or-treating in the wild, wild west. And then <laughs> they fucking assault this woman and m- basically murder her. And like just like the entire scene is very bizarre. I love this movie, but like I think that I think that whole scene was just like for the vibes, honestly. I don't think they were really like in the wild, wild west. I think it was just like a very nicely like designed flashback. I guess I I don't know. To make it look like a memory. It's definitely an interesting choice. Yeah. I and also like I find it funny that like out of all the possible backstories and scenarios they could have gone for like the lore of the um of the house they go for that like me and my circus wife (laughs) like she's haunting this house Mm -hmm. and like what's the what's the context because like nevercracker doesn't even like um like the timeline like nevercracker doesn't even like age really in the movie he does he has like sparkling eyes in the flashback it's 45 years, because I remember at the end he says we've been trapped in this house for 45 years. Oh. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he just glowed up a little bit. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> he just became a little bit crankier. That's all that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Nebercracker, I, I think that's, like, really funny that, like, the idea that he just, like, is a dick one time a year. And then he just doesn't bother anybody any other time of year. But yeah. that's a zillennial trope. It's like, he's an asshole. But then you find out later he's an asshole for the right reasons. Like, yeah. to protect the kids. Not not just, like, he's trying to scare them so they stay away, basically, from getting eaten. Um, also, I forgot about the fact that he doesn't die in the opening. Um, yeah. You just think that. <laughs> Because I fully bought it. I was like, oh, yeah, they fucking kill him in the first, like, five minutes. I forgot about that. He's just um, vibing. Yeah, he's just fucking in the hospital. Also, I like how, like, none of the authorities, like, told the kid that he wasn't dead. They just, like, let him believe the fact that he killed him. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, like, this kid is clearly, like, very guilty about it. And he's like, I killed this old man. Nope. Just, yeah. Just fucking let him believe it. Just let him live with it. I love that shot when the grass is trying to hold on to the wheel. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's also like very subtle the way they it happens. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. Um, 
I yeah, like the the cinematography in this is really interesting because it is shot like an actual like live action film. Yeah. yeah. Like there are such interesting like choices in how it's shot. Well, this is like one of the animated movies where it feels like there's trying to be actual camera work. Like it feels like it's animated in a sense like that's trying to trick you into believing there's an actual cameraman behind the camera, even though it's animated. Like there's especially the basketball scene. Like it feels like it's a handheld camera in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it adds <laughs> the comedic value of the movie. Like it makes it funnier in that moment. Um but yeah, like I mean there's like a lot of like little details to the house and like little moments that like make it even more like like anytime it gets angry and like the chimney starts blowing and like mm-hmm. um I the love shot that. where the window cracks and it looks like she's trying to cut off DJ's head is so good. Oh god, yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot like a lot of very interesting like little shots in the movie mm-hmm. um that really like amplify the atmosphere and the tone. Um I love like when it's taunting chowder with the basketball. Yeah. And how it like leaves the mark on the basketball after he gets it. Um even like when they go in the house at the end or like towards the end and they go to like the basement or whatever like it's so creepy and spooky like i just i i know we were talking about like how the animation doesn't quite hold up but there is something like gothic and spooky about it but i just yeah i don't know i really dig it i I do yeah i mean i love like when like similar to like what you were saying Adam like the style of it and like the gothic style of it like when they like look out his bedroom window like it looks so different from the way that it looks obviously like from the front because the front of it is like a specific like threatening like image but then out his window there's like those like creepy like trees like leading down to it yeah I also that um the poster for this movie I remember it was like so iconic, like that mm-hmm. shot of like the three of them looking so tiny in front of the house, and the house just like it has like all the features, like the the two uh, the two windows where the eyes and the door front doors open, which is the mouth. And I remember like every time, like even before I saw the movie, like every time I went to my local theater, they would have that poster in the, in like the lobby or outside, like in the coming soon section. And every time I passed as a kid, I was like, what is that movie? Like, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and honestly, all, with all the, like, poster discourse on Twitter, where it's, like, the floating head poster with, like, Dune and shit, and, like, the Marvel posters and just, like, posters looking uninspired, I miss, like, that feeling of, like, being a kid and going to movie theaters and, like, seeing posters, like the Monster House poster, and just being, like, and not being online and just being like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, and just having that be your only source of information about a movie that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I feel very nostalgic for that. Like, it's the best. It it was like, honestly, I wish I didn't have a phone. I wish I wasn't on Twitter. I wish I just like <laughs> knew about movies based off the teaser posters, <laughs> like at my local regal cinemas. That's all I want in life. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any like? posters like that you remember um from like your childhood that you saw like at a theater and you were like what is that i'm sure there is i'm gonna think about that 
I feel like I've definitely like said them on the pod before. Like probably like the Saw movies, definitely. Yeah. The and... Saw ones were like definitive, like Yeah. Yeah. I remember um like for Hairspray when Hairspray came out, they had like character yes. posters for like each character. And I remember to promote the movie on like the windows of my local movie theater, they had like like decals that looked like her hair so you can like stand behind them and take a picture. Yeah. Like weren't the teaser posters just their hair? I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was one that was just their hair, and then they had like individual posters for each character. Yeah, I I remember that. Um honestly, like I, one that I remember like very distinctly was um the Aragon poster from like 2006. <laughs> the movie was straight trash. It was absolutely awful. <laughs> but I remember like it just like it's like the, you only see like a glimpse of the dragon in the poster. Mm-hmm. But like when I was I think I was like eight around that time or something. And when I saw that, I was like, oh shit. Like what's that movie? Um I remember how like massive those books were. That's millennial canon, I feel like. Yeah, I remember my um I got that book as a gift for secret santa uh in elementary school and i i read that shit like i read all of it when i was like eight or nine uh i used to love that book uh the movie sucks so bad but uh the first book's pretty pretty great um i'm trying to think of like other posters i have an answer I Go. literally just looked up like 2007, 2008, 2009. <laughs> Coraline. I really like the Coraline poster. You know, I we should I say it, Kira? Yeah. Um, that's funny you bring that up because that's our episode next week. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't supposed so, to be. We <laughs> well. <laughs> um. So I want to do a Cinderella story as a Halloween episode and Adam doesn't understand why. And it's because the climax of the movie takes place at a Halloween party. Let's back. I get it. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. So (laughs) I wanted to do it last Halloween. We didn't do it last Halloween. And then I was like, okay, we're going to do it this Halloween. And then today I was just very depressed and I was like, I kind of want to watch Coraline. So let's just keep this bit up and we'll push it off to next year. So... I told her it will help with all the e-girls that I'm talking to from Tinder because that's all their favorite movie. <laughs> uh, um, so that's great. Um, no, yeah, I I haven't seen Coraline. I guess this is like a good like preamp to next week's episode, but I haven't seen Coraline since I was 12. I think I've um, seen it wow. like once or twice. Wow, like I've when seen it came Coraline out. so many times. I remember loving it. When I first saw it, I just mm-hmm. no. Actually, I might have I might have seen it like one more time, like when I was like fifteen or sixteen, because um, I think it used to be on Netflix back in the day. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong about that. Like way back when, um, when Netflix but, was like a lawless place. <laughs> like this is like very like pre Disney Plus pre. Like I think this was back in the day when it was just like literally Netflix and Hulu and that's it. Um, yeah. But I, I like I remember a lot of Coraline. But I, um, I think we'll definitely cover this more next week. But the the revitalization of it on Twitter and like Letterboxd has been so mm-hmm. interesting to me. And I love like every like a movie, so I'm kind of curious to revisit it. 
I wish this yeah. one was uh I feel like one of the reasons why I was inspired to be like let's do Coraline next week is because like this one I feel like the animation I kind of wish it was like Coraline like I wish that it was like yeah. stop motion but um you know I, we got been, what we got <laughs> is like us like still doing stuff or are they like closed yeah yeah they did um what's it called the the um the, well, the last missing, one they did missing was... link or whatever it was right before the pandemic oh yeah. no missing link was like that's 2019 like oh well then they never took out um the sign for the icy flavor at my amc then <laughs> 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 missing link mango still persists See, and so I... does the sonic blue raspberry <laughs> i talked about how um i keep up with movies uh with teaser posters on my regal cinemas Kira keeps up with the icy flavors at her local age. <laughs> well, I mean, they never took them down. <laughs> and, like, she's like, how else am I supposed to know the passage of time if it's not, like, with the ICs at AMC? Oh, wow. Yeah. Or the MacGuffin's bar. Um, Leica did Paranorman, which I think Paranorman is pretty comparable to Monster House. It seems like a more, like, grown-up version of it. See, Paranorman, I, I watched it again last Halloween, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, I saw it in high school i remember it came out my freshman year of high school and i remember going to like a sunday morning matinee at my amc for it and like no one was in the theater and i just fucking love that movie like i love that movie so much it's amazing sure have you seen paranormal i did when it first came out um when i was about to put this on i was like thinking about like that era and i was like i feel like i like combine this in my brain with like paranorman and like pretty similar kind of frankenweenie i guess and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Coraline. like it's just like all in the same realm to me in my brain yeah remember that letterbox review for frankenweenie the where it's about like this girl she wrote like i had my first existential crisis in the theater for frankenweenie and she's like, I think a lot of my like, unresolved traumas and depressive episodes have spawned from sitting in that theater <laughs> and wanting to kill that stupid dog for a second time. <laughs> and then, like, she's, like, typing it, like, in real time. She's like, in fact, staring at his stupid eyes while I type this is making me filled with, like, such anger. And <laughs> she's like, goes off about her trauma and Frank and Weenie. It's, like, the funniest interview wow. I've ever read. Um, yeah, I remember seeing Frank and Weenie in theaters. Um... That's a creepy ass movie. Mm-hmm. You just like see the fucking dog die, and then his guts are like spilling the whole movie. It's it's a weird. <laughs> movie. Um, honestly, but even so, bring back more gothic horror, like kid. kid yeah. Movies. Like, I think yeah. we're. Um, granted, I haven't seen the new Adams Family movie, like either of them. Yeah. And I can't really bring myself to do it because they. Yeah, I think like uh-huh. kids like horror movies nowadays like lump themselves in too much with normal animated movies. Like it all kind of looks the same. Whereas like yeah. I think when we were younger, kids quote unquote like horror movies were very distinct. Yeah, well, I mean, I I like the Hotel Transylvania movies. Like I've seen all of them, I think, and I actually like all three of them. I think they're all like good movies. But like you're right about that. Like even watching those movies, like there's nothing about them that are, like, distinctly, like, gothic or horror, even though, like, Jindy uh, Tarkovsky is uh, uh, is doing them, who did Samurai Jack. And he's an amazing animated director. He's fantastic. But um, he, 
there's nothing about them that is like distinctly for, like horror for kids. It's all like very yeah. kind of like lessening it, like making it less scary, which yeah. like I I understand, but it feels like I don't know, like I miss I don't know, like I miss the feeling of like having children's content that's actually spooky. And yeah. Then again, I can't comment because I like I haven't seen the Adams Family reboot, so like maybe it is good, and I don't know. But uh, I don't know. I and I, like I know I was just talking about like how I like the fact that Monster House like looks ugly, but every time I see the posters <laughs> or the trailer for the Adams Family, uh, the new one, I'm just like that looks like the most disgusting animated movie I've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. and I you cannot pay me to watch it. Yeah, there's levels I, for sure. I yeah. gotta say kids horror that just came out um muppets haunted mansion has some really good like horror in it um like yeah that dilapidated gonzo like yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry for spoiling but there's a disgusting (laughs) gonzo puppet um yeah I, i i watched it the day it came out um lovely i loved it um love Muppet content and just seeing them in the Haunted Mansion is like delightful. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to do my Muppet rant right now, but I think this is the first time in a while that I've been happy with new Muppets content from Disney. That's all I'm going to say. How long before we get like a stupid Muppet, uh, like Star Wars special or some shit? Probably very soon due to how successful this was and how successful the merch was. I mean, I, I think they're going to take the wrong lesson from it and they're going to make it like more IP shit. But they should be doing like Muppet Tower of Terror next. They should. Dude, can you fucking imagine Muppet Tower of Terror? <laughs> like next Halloween. <laughs> Dude, like does Bob Iger, I know you're listening. Let me and Kira write that. Like 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 just give us free reign and we'll make it. We'll do it justice. Me having never been on the ride got you bestie. <laughs> <Don't Gotcha. worry. laughs> me just riding it a week ago. Um when I was on the ride with like the broken wrist, I couldn't buckle the seatbelt. And you know how like all the concierge are like super mean to you, like when you get on the. Or I guess you wouldn't know this, Kira. Yeah. Um, but like the con, like all the staff are like in character. They're like, they're like frowning at you, and they answer your questions like very monotone. But when I was like trying to like buckle my seatbelt, and she's like, "Please buckle your seatbelt," and I'm like, "I can't." And she's like, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. And then she, like, helped me. <laughs> it's like, she broke character for me. And I was like, wow. I look so desperate that, like, Tower of Terror broke character for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is we need to get Kermit and Pepe and all of them on the Tower of Terror. Um, I- I'll make this movie for Disney. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well. Do we have any final thoughts on the old monster house? Um, you know, sometimes there's a monster, sometimes there's a house, and sometimes there's both. (laughs) Thanks, guys. You know, (laughs) I feel the same. (laughs) Sarah, thank you for bringing us. Adam, I'm sorry, I can't look at you. Adam is just losing his mind. Sarah, thank you for bringing us this movie. I'm so glad that I had this opportunity to, and like motivation to finally watch it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I'm glad you got to experience it. It's, I think it, Monster House holds up pretty well. 
especially mm-hmm. the humor like the jokes are still really funny so mm-hmm. it's nice to see that yeah i mean i think entirely it holds up like super well um i mean granted some of the animation looks a little rough but i mean it's been yeah. 15 years like it's mm-hmm. that, I, I think for the most part it holds up like and for 15 years like other shit from 2006 like ages like dirt so this is i think this is a step up and um whenever i have those hypothetical kids that i show ghost ship to mm-hmm. at the age of like seven um i'll make sure to show them monster house because i think it's gonna be, it's a fun time like no matter you know how old you are or anything yeah well sarah where can we find you you can find me on Twitter at Sarah underscore H-A-I-I and Letterboxd Super Dark Times. Nice. And Adam, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, Letterboxd is at dumb Sandler, where Sarah, if she goes to a screening with me, will help me workshop my Letterboxd reviews. <laughs> Um, as we were doing for Dune the other day. <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on my other podcast, the Aggressively OK podcast. Um, if you want to find out how we can review Bomb, a car detailing place in Atlanta, Georgia, let us know. Um, <laughs> we, need to, we need to round up the Zillennial Army. <laughs> BTS Army has nothing on this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not to put a car detailing place in Atlanta, Georgia, out of business. So that meme where uh, it's like Donald Trump, and and then he's like looking over the horizon, like there's a bionicle army, like facing him. <laughs> like <that's laughs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji, <laughs> and also on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, and on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. Um, and uh, rate and review us on Apple and uh, yeah yeah Um, stay tuned next week for our Halloween special on Coraline that's the last one right I believe so yeah Yeah. end of October alright well see you next week guys bye guys Bye. bye